0: I've been in this service three times a day, and it it gets tweeter and tweeter and tweeter. Amen? Amen. Take your Bibles, take your Bibles, and turn with me. Remain standing. Turn with me to Acts chapter number 18. Grab your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter number 18. I know, I know you're thinking we're supposed to be in 1 Samuel. I I know. uh, Today is Connect Sunday. Uh, uh, where we are encouraging everyone to get in a life group. And so we're going to kind of preach toward that subject today. And, uh, and it's, it's fitting, I promise you. God, God is on time. He's always on time with the messages that he gives. And uh, so it will fit what we're going to I promise you it's going to fit. Say amen. amen. Acts 18. Uh, and we're, gonna, we're basically going to talk about the subject. Have you ever heard the phrase, has anybody ever heard the phrase, I'm too blessed to be stressed. How many of y'all ever heard that? Uh, uh, How many of y'all want to throw up when y'all hear that? Anybody? I want to tell the people to tell me that, well, live my life a little while. Amen. Well, today, I'm sorry if you've ever said that, I don't mean to offend you. Amen. Uh, But this is what I'm preaching on today. I'm too stressed to be blessed. Now, how many of y'all in here can say, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been to that place. Have you ever said this? This is what we're going to talk about, a man of God here in in, in this book. And and, and this is where he comes to a conclusion in his life. Uh, And and, and, and you can translate it this way. He says, have you ever been to that place with your spouse or maybe with your children or with with your job or with the situation at hand? And you just get to that point and you just say, I am done. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? That's it. No more. I can't take any more. I am done. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Paul and his situation this way. I found some pictures that kind of describe the feeling that we have. It says, I'm a little stressed right now. Just turn around and leave quietly and no one gets hurt. Amen. That's Tammy on Monday mornings. Amen. Uh, Stress. What stress? All right. And you thought they were stressing your life. How many of y'all felt like that little goldfish before, amen? And you you know the wrong person's got their finger on the button. Me stress? Nah, I can relate to that. Here it goes. Come on. If that ain't Monday, I don't know what. How many of y'all can relate to all this stuff? Now, here's the deal. There's a man of God in, in the book of Acts by the name of Paul who had gotten to a place in his life that he, he felt like all them on that screen. Look in Acts chapter 18, verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy, with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome. And he came unto them, and because he was of the same craft, he abode with them in wrought. for by their occupations they were tent makers." He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit. Now, uh, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't their returning that caused this. It, it's just saying he was pressed in the spirit. And the word pressed there is a lot more than just being inclined or, or, or being encouraged to. It, it, it literally means distressed. Distressed. He was under such pressure. And under such stress, he, he began to feel this in his spirit. And the Bible says he testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. In other words, he said, I am done. I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. I've done everything I know to do. I've said everything I know to say. I'm looking out for your best interest. If that's where you want to go, I'm done. I'm done. Listen, it says he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshiped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians here and believed and were baptized. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by vision. How many of y'all are glad that when we're done, he's not? <laughs> Somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. Amen? It says, the Lord spoke to him in the night by vision. Be not afraid, but speak. Hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. Read that last sentence with me. For I have much people in this city. Father, thank you for your word, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for a hungry crowd who wants to feed on the word and, and the bread of life this morning. I pray that you'll give me the ability to speak in clarity, Lord, so that everyone in this building can understand what I'm saying. God, deliver your truth this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to kind of narrate this story uh, to, to really help us understand how Paul got into the condition he got. Uh, this is an apostle. This is a man of God. This is a man anointed. This is a man who, who uh, has, has seen God do some incredible things, powerful things. And, and you wouldn't think somebody like this would get into this type of situation and get into that, this type of condition where he says, that's it. That's it. I am through. I am done. I am finished. But I, I tell you what, what you need to do is go back and if you'll read a few chapters before, you'll understand how he got to this point. Do you realize you'll never say that in your marriage? You'll never say that in the ministry? You'll never say that in, at, on the job site? That stuff don't happen overnight. It doesn't just all of a sudden creep up on you and you face a problem. Well, that's it. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm, that, that's not the way that works. I found out in life that, that it's all the little things That needle you to death. I found out in life that a bunch of small things is worse than one big thing. Over and over and over and over. Let's look at this. If you'll go back, uh, let's say, let's say to chapter number fifteen. You'll find out that Paul and Barnabas were ministry partners. They were, they were missionaries together, missionary partners going to uh, uh, this city and that city and and, and, and starting churches and, and developing disciples and doing a great work for God. Uh, Barnabas kind of took Paul under his wing when nobody else would. Uh, and and because and, see, everybody was afraid of Paul because he had once murdered Christians. So they thought, hey, he's not a true believer. But it was Barnabas that took him in and, 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 and worked with him and discipled him. So here they are this is they' I don't want to use the word best friends but they were good friends together serving together. but guess what happened? They had a disagreement. Isn't that something? God's people not being able to get along. And the Bible says that the contention was so sharp they had to part ways. They had to go one way Paul or Barnabas and, and, and John Mark went one way and Paul went the other way. So here in 15, he loses his ministry partner. Then if you go into chapter 16, you'll find out that he is jailed. He's arrested in Philippi just for helping out a girl. I mean, he, he delivered a girl from a demon, and, and because of that, they arrested him, threw him in jail, beat him, beat him, Put the Bible says put many stripes on his back. I mean, it's just one thing after another. Now, I can read into this because if you'll read, if you'll read what happened, that, that, that God caused an earthquake. Y'all remember what I'm talking about? You know, the earthquake broke them all out. See, there was jailhouse rock way before Elvis. Say Amen. Broke them out, broke them out, and the jailer took them all to his house and put, put medicine in the wounds and everything, and, and, and his whole house gets saved. And, then, man, this is great now. It's exciting. God's doing something. And then the magistrates the next day, and this is where I really saw the attitude creeping up in Paul. Uh, the, the magistrates come to the next day and said, hey, y'all just tell them to leave. We're going to let them go. Y'all just go on about your business. And you know what Paul said? I don't think so. You beat us. We were Romans, and you beat us uncondemned with no trial or nothing. you come down here and get us. Now, y'all may not read into that, but I'm a preacher, and I know how preachers think. We ain't going nowhere, so' it's already it's already starting on the inside. That, that struggle, that frustration. listen, that, that aggravation, if you will. He leaves there, chapter 17. We find that he goes to Berea and Thessalonica, different places, and everywhere he goes, he's attacked. They come against him, come against his teaching, come against what he's trying to do. And then the worst thing possible could happen. Timothy and Silas stayed while he went to Athens. Now, that's a bad deal. Now, if you ever deal with discouragement and depression and that type of issues, the very worst thing you could do is get alone alone. I I, I I deal with this, and I struggle with this, and and, and, and there, I, I've talked to a lot of people that struggle with it, and you know what? When I start feeling the pressure, when I start feeling that black cloud and and, and, and all of that, do you know what my number one desire is? To be by myself. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Don't get around me. I want to be by myself. I don't want to talk to anybody, I, and, and the worst thing to do is try to say something to cheer me up. I don't know why that is I don't know and, and it, it almost makes you it almost frustrates you even more and you can't even help it and you try well well he he gets alone now his, his two partners are there uh, 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 and, and now he's going to Athens he gets to Athens uh, uh, now, now keep in mind everything that's happened in chapter 15, 16, 17. all this stuff is building up. He gets to Athens, and, and, he, and he sees the idolatry, and man, it just it bothers him, and it just breaks him down, and he sees this, this, this they, had, they had different uh, 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 temples, and they had different idols, and they had names for all of them, and they had so many, they even had one with a title, the unknown God. Just in case we left one out, this one's to him, the unknown God, and Paul says, that's the one I want to tell you about. I want to tell you about the one you don't know about, the one that you have not named. And he began to preach Jesus to him. And you know what happened? The Bible says they began to mock him. And they called him a babbler, a bird brain, if you will. What's this man, this junk, what's this babbler saying? Now, I don't know about y'all. If y'all have ever tried to preach before, you got to understand, it's hard to preach to deadheads. It's hard to preach to people who just sit there and stare at you and just, you know, bless me if you can. I'm just waiting for you to shut up so I can go to Denny's, amen? It's hard to do that. I love preaching to people who want to hear the word and who are with me and they get with me. And it's an excitement. But you just sit there like, that's hard. But let me tell you something. What if they're heckling you? What if they're sitting out in the congregation saying, I don't believe that. I remember I remember, uh, I, I was preaching in, in, in the nursing home and, and a buddy of mine was with me and he was up preaching and, 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 and man, he was doing the best. We were real young, didn't really know what we was doing. We was trying our best and he was up there doing the best he could, nervous. And, and somebody in the back said, shut up. <laughs> and I thought, ooh. And he kept preaching and he said, shut up. And I'm like thinking, he's right, man, shut up, you know. And can you imagine? He's trying to preach. He's trying to teach him. He's trying to tell him, look, if you don't trust Christ, hell is your destination. And they mock him. And they heckle him. And, they, and man, it just, it's just building and building and building and building until we come to chapter 18. Now, if you read chapter 17, you'll find there is one spot that I can, I, 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 I get emotional every time I think about, it. Paul tells him, please tell Timothy and Titus, or, or Silas to come to me. Tell them to come. I mean, I could see his emotion, I could see his frustration, and he's needing some people to be with him. And in his frustration, he's alone. Well, now in chapter 18, they finally get to him, and he's feeling this pressure to preach, and they turn their backs on him. And he says, that's it. That's it. I am done. I'm done. And then God comes to him. Now, I can relate to this story. It's hard for me to relate to a man having enough faith to get in a lion's den. It's hard for me to relate to, to the, the three Hebrew children who said, I don't care how hot you turn that furnace up, we're not bowing down. You can throw us in the fire. I, I want to say that I would say that, but I can't really relate to that. It's hard for me to relate to a young man going into a valley with a giant, nine and a half foot tall, and going down into that place and saying, I'm going I'm to kill you in the name of the Lord and having that kind of faith, that's hard for me to relate to that. But I can read chapter 18, and I can see Paul dealing with failure, dealing with fatigue. It was a 53-mile walk. It was a 53-mile walk to Corinth from Athens. So, so he's tired, and all of this stuff he's facing, he said, that's it. I'm done. I can relate to that. But then God comes on the scene. And he he tells them three things. And I really want to talk about the third one. But let me give you the first two just to kind of set set the mode. He says, Paul, don't worry. I'm with you. I'm with you. No matter who rejects you, I'm with you. No matter who turns their back on you, I'm with you. No matter who leaves you, I'm with you. Now, I don't know about you. But to know somebody says, pre, there, there's something about when, when, when a friend comes by and says, Preacher, hey, we're with you. We're with you. My family, we're with you. I love, I love knowing that my church is with me. I love knowing that my family is with me, my friends are with me, my, my, my wife is with me, my children are with me. When I get down and I get discouraged, I, I, I'm glad to know that I have people that are praying for me and that are with me. But I tell you what, it takes it to a whole nother level to know that there is a God in heaven who created the stars and the sky and the moon and the sun. And listen, he is the creator of all the universe, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For him to say, "Hun, i I'm with you. I'm with you. Everywhere you go, I'm with you. Every step you take, I'm with you. When you go down in the valley, I'm with you. In your darkest days, I'm with you. In your darkest hours, I'm with you. No matter what you face, I am with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Then he says this. He tells him about his presence. And then he says, "He says, and and, and, and don't worry, because nobody's going to hurt you. I will not let anybody hurt you. He gives them a promise. Now, that don't mean a lot to big people or tough people or karate people. But when you grew up in high school and you was the little guy and it took you a whole year to gain a quarter of a pound, say amen. And and listen, you was always the little one to know that you had somebody with you that was big. Now, I'm not real big, and I'm not real smart, but I was always smart enough to have big buddies. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I remember remember when I was working with... uh, uh, uh Paul Allen Owens. Y'all have heard me tell about Paul Allen several times. He he was he he got saved when I was pastoring in, in South Carolina and uh and he worked for the Barnwell County Jail. Just a big dude, just Big, mean just big guy and boy God saved him and man he loved me today he'd whoop anybody in this building right now if I asked him to I mean it, it just he is a bad dude and I was working with him and uh, does anybody work in construction in here raise your hand if you work in construction one for raise your hand I can see it raise your hand uh, do y'all know them folks they don't talk right and 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 they 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 say stuff that 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 uh you, you might not ought to say hey, Amen. I I, I grew up real reserved and real uh uh protected and real uh, all that kind of stuff and, and man I started working with them construction guys and and uh, and I learned some stuff amen. I mean, I started, I, and you pick up stuff, and you don't even realize you're picking it up. You know, some of the things they would say, and, and well, I was getting around, you know, they all tough and mean, and I'm just this little guy. And, well, I started picking some things up, and there was this guy that came to work uh, 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 after I was working with him a while, and I'd done been around him long enough to pick up some of that stuff. And some of that stuff I can't even tell you in here amen uh uh and 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 he he's he 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 said something I know y'all gonna think bad about me, but just just trust me It's a long time ago and i've I've matured a little bit since then and uh but he he was trying to tell me what to do well when you're when you're 20 years old and and you think you know everything you don't want somebody to come in to work after you and try to take am I getting what are y'all getting me and he was trying to tell me what to do. Now, I've got my tool belt on and my hammer and all this kind of stuff, and he, he's still on the shovel. He ain't even got a tool belt yet. And I said, look, buddy, and this is a big guy. He's a big guy. He's, he's kind of a mean guy. And, uh, and, and I said, look, buddy, until you graduate from a shovel to a hammer, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and some of them other fellows said, oh, what are you doing? I said, Paul Allen was right there. Amen. He had beat his eyes out before he let him get to me. Amen. Listen, you have a God in heaven who is bigger than your problems. He's bigger than any situation you'll ever face. He's bigger than your addiction. He's bigger than your bills. He's bigger than the sickness. He's bigger than your enemy. Somebody say amen. Amen. There's no problem that he can't solve. There's no problem he can't fix. And God said himself, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Somebody say amen. Amen. He said, I'm not going to let anything hurt you. Paul, don't worry don't worry. You just preach the gospel. You just do what I've called you to do. Because number one, I'm with you. Number two, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. You're going to be okay. I'm going to protect you. But this is the one that stood out. And this is the message. Everything else is the intro, but this is the message. You say, what has any of this got to do with Life Groups Connect? The third thing he told him, and this stood out like a bright light. He said, Paul, I'm with you. He told him about his presence. Number two, He told him a promise. He said, I won't let anything happen to you. But then this right here. He said, and I have much people. Say that with me. I have much. I have much in this city. Do you realize that's the only thing tangible that you can touch that God encouraged him with? Now, God's presence is important. And you can feel it, but you can't touch it. You can't reach out and, and, and see it. You know he's there. His promise is important, but you can't really see it or you can't touch it. You, you, but do you realize, he says, and, and, and you know what else? I've got much people in this city. What's the point? I don't know if y'all been watching the news or not, but it's getting bad. Do you realize that deal out there in Ferguson is just a drop in the bucket of what it's going to be? The deal in, in Iraq, in Syria, that's just a drop in the bucket to what it's going to be. If you will study your Bible, you will find out that it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Paul told Timothy, perilous times shall come. Perilous means dangerous and do you realize, do you realize in our cities, in our country, in our world, it's getting worse and worse and worse? What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm saying you need some people. He said, don't worry, I've got much people in the city. Some commentators say that he's talking about the people that are going to get saved, but I, that, that still proves the point. What is he saying? I'm going to put some people around you. I'm going to put some people with you. I'm going, to people, I'm going to put some people to support you. Let me give you some words. Let me give you some words that, that the, the Bible says about God's people. In John 15, now, now we're, going to, we're going to see two words a lot. One another. Say that with me. Hey, say it again. One another. Now, to really get the full effect of all these one another's, you got to understand that most people have in their mentality, I go to church and I pay a staff to do all this stuff for me. Now, let me, let me lay it out this way. The average church in America is about 70 people, and it's getting smaller. Even with the megachurches, And and the the church population is on a rapid decline. I mean dying fast. You know why? The average church in America is 70. Do you know how how many one man can kind of take care of? About 70. And that just about kills him. That's why pastors all over America are on anxiety pills, on blood pressure medicine. Uh, Listen, they're quitting. They're committing suicide. Because we have this mentality, we have this mentality, we go to church so the preacher can do all this stuff for us. All what stuff? All this stuff. In, in In John 15, 12, he said, love one another. Romans 12, 10, be kindly affectionate one to another, preferring one another. Romans 15 7, receive ye one another. Romans 15, 14, admonish one another. Galatians 5 13, serve one another. Uh, Ephesians 4 2, forbearing one another. Ephesians 4.32, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. First Thessalonians 5 11, wherefore comfort ye yourselves together and edify one another. Hebrews 3 13, exhort one another. And and in Hebrews 10 24, consider one another. Now, preacher, what are you saying? I took all those one another's, and and I took the, the, the words there, and I defined them. I looked them up. Preferring means this, regarding another's wishes. Receive means to take initiative in hospitality. Admonish means to put in mind or to caution. Serve means to be a voluntary slave. That's a popular one, isn't it? Forbearing, to put up with. Let me say that one again. What are we to do with one another? Put up with each other. Forgiving, grant as a favor or pardon. Kind, which means gracious. Edify means to build up, confirm, or embolden. When's the last time your words emboldened somebody to be a better Christian? Or did your words criticize and tear someone down? Mmm. Exhort means to call near, invite, or persuade. Consider to observe fully. What does that mean? All through the New Testament, God has commanded his children this way, not this way. The command that he gives the platform is to feed the sheep. The command that he gives the pew is to prefer one another, receive one another. Admonish one another, serve one another, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, kind to one another, edify one another, exhort one another, consider one another. But you know what we've done? In America, we, we have this idea that we go and we pay a preacher and his staff to do all this stuff for us. So we don't have to do it ourselves. And we wonder why the church is dying. Because we're trying, we are expecting the impossible. God wants us to love one another, to build up one another, to encourage one another. You You know what God was telling Paul in this story? He was saying, I've got much people in this city to encourage you, to edify you, to prefer you, to consider you. This is not a real popular subject in church because that puts the responsibility in our lap. And you know what? You can't prefer one another, edify one another if you're never around one another. Oh, but preacher, we're here on Sunday morning to be fed. You're here to be fed so you can go out and love one another and care one for another. And let me tell you what's happening. Uh, If you are fed fed and fed and fed and fed and you never exercise, 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 what happens? Look like me. Amen. That's exactly right. We get lazy. And, and we get we get lethargic. And we don't use what God put in us. You know what we need to do as a church? We need to come to the service and receive the word and be fed. And go out into this world and blaze a trail caring one for another loving one another, preferring one another, pardoning one another. So how can we do that? We do it very easily. Come to Connect tonight. Get in a a group. Make yourself available to care for somebody else. Now, I know know what you're going to say. You say, Preacher, I've done been in the group and it didn't go good. They hurt my feelings. I get that. That's why the Bible put in there, forgive one another. And that's why the Bible put in there, put up with one another. Because I have, I have, I have, I, 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 I'm willing to bet, uh, or I'm willing to guarantee that that you probably hurt their feelings too. You know why? You're human. We're going to let each other down. We are. I mean, it's it's just it's a fact. We're going to let each other down, even if we don't mean to. We're going to disappoint one another. We're going we're to hurt each other's feelings. That's why God said, you need to forgive seven times 70. But I promise you this, you don't need to get to the place in your life where you are done without having some people. Paul desperately needed Silas and Timothy. And God said, I got more than just Silas and Timothy. You need some others. I get together every week with my group and we pray for each other. We've had we've had issues where you know disagreements all kind of things you can imagine. But you know what that's called? Life. Life. How many of y'all couples in here you're married? Raise your hand if you're married in here. Raise your hand if you're married and you're not ashamed of it. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. <laughs> all right. Now how many of you how many of y'all have never had a squabble with your other side? Never? Had one squabble, disagreement whatsoever with the other side. Uh, tonight I'm preaching online. lying. Uh, we're going to... Are you all with me? But what is that? It's life. It's life. That's why we forgive each other. That's why we forgive each other. That's why we put up with each other. You know what? That's part of love. Read read uh, 1 Corinthians 13. And see what love does. It endureth all things. It beareth all things. Preacher, what are you saying? What I'm trying to say is what we're fixing to face in America. And I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be a doomsday prophet. I'm telling you, this is happening. What we're fixing to face in America, you won't be able to deal with it without some people. Come tonight and meet some people. And all God's people say it. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'll help us to care for one another, to love one another, prefer one another. Lord, there's going to be times in my life I get to where Paul was. I've been there several times. I'm done. I'm quitting. I'm tired of this. God, there's always somebody there to say a prayer. There's always somebody there to make a phone call. There's always somebody. You've always put people in my path. To say the right thing. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us do that today. I pray, God, that you'll move in this place. Really, the invitation is about coming tonight at 5 o'clock. Lord, come in to connect to meet some new people. Be connected with others who are desiring the same thing. Who are needing like Paul. They just need some encouragement. They need that that Silas. They need that Timothy with them. God, I pray that they'll see that today. We're going to sing a verse of invitation, Lord. And if there's somebody who needs to be saved, I pray that they'd come right now. We've got people at this altar, glad to take a Bible and show them how to be saved. Lord, if there's somebody that just needs some encouragement, I pray that they'd come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand. It's all, all oh you need to come Jesus. for membership I